Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is Pastor Joe Caminetti. I want to welcome you to Bulletproof, Armed for the Crosshairs of Life. And this series is really about helping you become bulletproof as you walk through this life on this earth. And it's important for everybody here to know, and I, I know you know it because you live in it, First of all, we live on a cursed earth, and we saw that from the incredible storm that hit our east coast not too long ago, and a cursed earth can cause some severe problems for us as people, and if we bulletproof ourselves, we can survive those problems. We also live on an earth with some imperfect people, and every now and then imperfect people might bite us, and uh, if we're bulletproof, we can survive those relationship problems that that might happen, and uh, we can come out on the other side standing and intact and a complete and a whole person. We also have an enemy, and we know that he's out to do whatever he can to destroy our lives, but we can bulletproof ourselves. and if we bulletproof ourselves, and we'll, we're teaching you how in this series, uh, he'll hit us, but we can stand. We can withstand, and we can come out victorious in every battle that he comes at us with. I had something happen last week after second service. Uh, I went with Charles Bivens, one, one of our uh, guys here at the church who works and volunteers on, on Saturday night. He met me in the parking lot after second service, and he unloaded all these guns from his trunk to mine. Uh, he had all these military guns and scopes, and he just wanted to take me shooting. And then he took me up to Rick and Claudia Coles in Williamsfield, and uh, their son Ben was there. Rick had this big dirt mound, and in front of it he had all these targets. Rick had more guns than Charles did, and so they pulled out all these AKs and everything you can imagine. Everything scoped, and they're trying to help me learn how to scope, and I'm putting all these targets in my crosshairs <laughs> and, and, and shooting. And uh, they, had, they had to teach me uh, the secrets of looking through a scope and everything like that. And one of the targets was a, a blue paint can, spray can, and it, it was basically finished. And I finally got that baby in the scope, and I shot it and, and got it in the crosshairs. And when, when the bullet went through, all the blue paint just it exploded, and it went everywhere. It covered the dirt mound. It covered everything. And then after all the shooting, tons of shooting, they said, we have a surprise for you. And they pulled out a sheet of bulletproof glass. They said, you know, we, we, we love the message this past weekend. This is bulletproof glass. Let's shoot some guns at it. So we, we, we set it in its place, and we got these guns, 44 mags, 38 specials, and we're just unloading. And it just makes a little mark. Uh, it flattens the bullet, and the bullet falls down. So I, had, I brought a 9mm that's mine, and I put a full clip in it and just... Nothing. They just all bounced off. And I'm looking at this, enjoying, but fascinating that man can create something like this, that a bullet hits it, and it doesn't go through. And it just made this series come even more alive for me because I'm familiar with bulletproof vests. I'm familiar with the ceramic bulletproof vests that the military wears. But, man, to watch this in action, and I share that story just to tell you, man, that's how God's armor works, too, and, and uh, you can become bulletproof, and those are real bullets, and Rick, Rick made this comment. He said, if I had a piece big enough, I'd stand behind it and let you shoot at me, and I said, uh, I don't think your wife would let you do that, but he said it wouldn't go through. I said, yeah, but 
I, I don't think that's a good idea, but what was behind it never, ever was hit. And God's saying that's what we can do. The text we're coming out of is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. I'm not going to read the entire text today. I'll read the verses we're going to teach on today. But here's the seven pieces of bulletproof armor that God says is within the text. The first one is a belt. We're teaching on this today. The Bible says it's made of a substance called truth. It's a pretty cool substance. And then there's the shoes. They're made out of a substance called the gospel. And we'll, we'll have some fun next week with this. And then there's a breastplate. It's made out of a substance called righteousness. And then there's a helmet. It's made out of a substance called salvation. The helmet isn't referring to renewing our minds. You know, many of us Christians know about renewing our minds. That will actually happen by what we do today. The helmet protects us in battle, and your mind needs protected in battle. And we'll talk about that. And then there's a shield. It's made out of a substance called faith. It's incredible. incredible. The Bible says it will quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. And then there's a sword. The Bible says it's the spoken word of God coming out of our mouth. And then there's a lance, and the Bible says that's prayer, and we can throw God bombs, and those are really cool and really incredible. Now, last week, I taught lesson one. This is lesson two, and I, I always tell you, I want you to walk out never forgetting this truth. Here's the truth from last week. You're in the enemy's crosshair, crosshairs, but you can become bulletproof. And I just wanted you to walk out knowing the enemy's out to get anybody that's good. And if you weren't here, uh, we learned some incredible things. And we encouraged ourselves that even though we have an enemy, we can become bulletproof. But we also pointed out that if we don't become bulletproof, he's going to knock us on our backside and he's going to nick us up and he may even take us out. And my heart as your pastor is that none of you are ever taken out and that all of you become bulletproof. So today I want to deal with this problem. Most Christians don't know how to put their armor on. So I, I want to I help you understand how to put it on. It's one of the most simple things in the world. You don't have to go to Bible school to do it. Isn't that, isn't that cool? Um, there are people that went to Bible school and in, in theological school, they don't have their armor on uh, because they don't understand the simple principles I'm going to teach you today. And I'm going to teach you how to do this. It's absolutely incredible. And here's the thought today that I want you to walk out never forgetting. It's pretty cool goes like this. The Bible in you produces God's armor on you. And as far as I'm concerned, this is one of the most incredible, awesome truths that you can understand. The Bible in you produces God's armor on you. So what that means is we take the Bible off the written page, whether it's electronic or paper, it doesn't matter. We take it off the written page and we write it in here on the inside of us. Some of you are really nervous now. This doesn't mean the whole Bible. It's just key scriptures. When it comes to the armor, there's just key scriptures. But at the most, maybe 25 scriptures you can have your armor on. It's not that hard. It's pretty simple. And, and it's just taking the right scriptures and writing them here instead of having them just on the page. When, when I went down to Bible school many years ago, um, I was a young man. I was, I was like 22 when I finally went down. And uh, I went down, and now that I'm, I'm turning 54 in December, and I've, I'm starting to forget exact facts when I was 20. Um, <laughs> so I'll give you some abouts. <laughs> I had very little money in my pocket. I don't remember if it was 100 bucks or whatever, but I had to survive for, for about four weeks. I had to find a job, then I had to wait two weeks to get the paycheck. And uh, so I'm barely surviving. And uh, I got 
one of those promise books that someone had given to me. And if you're new, you may not know what a promise book is, but it, it, takes, it has headings or categories like finances or fear. And they put all kinds of scriptures under it to tell you what God wants to do for you in that area. And uh, they're really awesome. They're actually a great tool for what we're going to learn today. But here I am. I need money. And I'm not going to have enough gas to get to work before I get my first paycheck. And I know I can pray, and I know God answers prayer, but nothing's happening. <laughs> so I remember I went to this daytime meeting, and I thought, if I pray good enough and hard enough, if I speak God's word strong enough, someone in that meeting will give me money. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's bad to go into the meeting thinking that. And uh, so, so, so I took out the promise book, and I, I, I didn't know scripture real well. And I saw a scripture that said, uh, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. So it, it's on the page. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, <laughs> I like that. So I, I spoke it forth, and I declared God was going to do this for me. I prayed. I went into that meeting. By the time I left, I was mad at everybody in the meeting. All I could think of was they can't hear God because I prayed good. And uh, nobody obeyed. And uh, so I, uh, I went the whole time. I finally just, my brother Tony loaned me some money or I would have died. And, and uh, uh, <laughs> that's how I survived in case you're wondering. But I learned something. I learned that if it's, not, if it's here and not here, there's not a whole lot of power. It's, it's not really a sword or shield or really prayer that gets answered until it's written here. And that's important for you and I to understand. And that's why I'm teaching this truth. The Bible in you produces God's armor on you. Now, promise books are great because they can help you get it in here. So they're, they're really great. But if you get into trouble and you have to take out the promise book and find out, now what does the Bible... and then. The armor is not on you. It's, it's out here, and you've got a lot of work to do to get it in here. So we're going to talk about that today. So the first piece of armor is found in Ephesians 6, 13, 14. Let's read it. It's called the belt of truth. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor. Some translations say breastplate of God's righteousness. We're just interested in the first part, the belt of truth. And uh, Paul was in prison when he wrote this book. And he was seeing Roman soldiers that were guarding him. He was seeing them all the time. And I'm convinced of this. Some of you may agree. Some of you may disagree. I'm convinced that whoever it was, Leonardo da Vinci or whoever, I don't know who it was, way back one that designed the Roman soldier's armor, I really believe God gave them ideas to design the armor because he knew many years, hundreds of years in the future, he would show Paul spiritual truths that he could tell us about how our spiritual armor is like their armor. And that's what he's doing in this text. He's comparing their natural armor with our spiritual armor. So God's opening up Paul's eyes and he's saying, whoa, you mean we have a breastplate? You mean we have a belt? You mean we have shoes that we can put on? And that's what's happening. And there's just some incredible parallels. So the first thing I want to help you understand is just what the belt of truth was so we can tell you how to put it on. And uh, the word belt was so fascinating to me, I had to go Greek. So, so, so here, here it is. It's the Greek word hosphus. That's how you say it, hosphus. And um, this word's fascinating. It means the loins, 
the place where the Hebrews thought degenerative power or semen resided, procreative power, thus we translate it belt or loin belt. Now, God could have chose any word he wanted to put in there. He could have chose the word that literally meant belt, but he chooses hospice. And, and there's a reason that he did it, because when we put truth in us, it causes creative power and ability that creates swords and shields, that changes situations, that releases God to do incredible things on the earth. It creates, it creates this creative power. And that's why he chose this word. And most of us know what truth is, but I have a couple of scriptures just to help us make sure we really understand. Uh, Ephesians 6.14 says again, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. So our belt, hosphus, is made of a substance called truth. And Jesus was praying in John 17, 17, and he said this, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth, or the Bible is truth. And you'll notice that this word truth is interchanged with scripture. It, it just means the Bible or scripture. Listen to uh, 2 Timothy 2, 15. Do your best to present yourselves to God as one approved. Now, this is being written to a pastor like me, Pastor Timothy, a workman who does not need to be ashamed who correctly handles the word of truth. That's the scriptures, that's the Bible. And so the belt of truth or the belt that we put on is made up of a substance that's called the Bible or the word of God or scriptures. And as I said earlier, I want to make sure I don't frighten any of you. It's not the entire Bible. It's specific parts of the Bible. And, and so we're going to find out what parts are necessary. The gospel's necessary, that's, that's our shoes. The understanding of righteousness is necessary, and so we'll, we'll show you the different things that are necessary in order to have your, your armor on. So the Bible in you produces God's armor on you. Now I want to take a, just a couple of minutes, go back historically, and just talk a little bit about this first piece of armor that the Roman soldier put on, and show you some of the spiritual parallels. So um, this is what it looked like, and I want to talk about where it was located. And uh, you can see what it looked like from this picture back here. And here's what they say. They say it was the most unadorned piece of armor. And I think that's interesting because sometimes taking the Bible from here and getting it here can be monotonous. It can seem like a job. It can seem unexciting. But let me tell you something. Once it's on... It's the most exciting thing in the world. For you to be able to release something out of your mouth to counter something that's coming out at you, that's incredible. Um, it was the first piece of armor they put on, and it was wrapped around the center of their body. Now, I think this is important because it, it wrapped around the center. It's the first one on, and here's what we're going to discover, that you and I putting God's word or the Bible in us, the truth in us, it goes into our inner man, so it, it goes into the center of our being. That's our inner man. So this was around their center, and it always went on first. No other armor went on until it went on. And that's why it was listed first, and that's why we're taking time to teach on it today. Now, that being said, uh, look at its purpose, because it begins to come together. The soldier's ranking was displayed on the belt. I think, I think that's fascinating. Um, sometimes... As Christians, we think that our ranking or our, our self-worth or our value has to do with our position, but it doesn't. Your value has to do with whether or not your belt of truth is on. 
And your value has to do with what Bible principles you understand. And that's really how our ranking in God's eyes is placed. And I realize we have pastors and I realize we have some ranking and authority in the church and all that. But I'm just trying to say from God's eyes, it all has to do with whether or not you have that belt of truth on. And then as we look further, it had decorative strips hanging down and they had two purposes. One was to protect the loins. And I'll tell you what, if you put the belt of truth on, you will be able to create and you'll be able to change things and you'll have life. Let's say it this way. You'll have life coming out of you that changes everything. But if this isn't on, it's like a soldier being injured in battle in the loins. He can't produce. He can't produce a child. And, and this has to be on or you won't be able to produce life and have it come out of you. Well, here's number two. Uh, it intimidated the enemy as they uh, clanged together when they marched. They had these little metal things on, and when they marched, I want you to imagine 10,000 Roman soldiers marching and, uh, and the clanging, and the enemy would just be intimidated when they heard them coming. And guess what? You want to intimidate our enemy, the devil? You put this belt on, and he's going to think twice about attacking you. Because it comes to a place where he says, this is a waste of my time. Let me find somebody else that I can do this to. Remember what we saw last week? He walks around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Not that we won't be attacked, but it becomes very intimidating to him. Listen to this. This is where it gets cool. The soldier's breastplate was attached to and held in place by the loin belt. So the, the breastplate, which protected the vital organs in hand-to-hand combat, it would flop around and it would not be secure and the enemy could uh, get a knife into a vital organ unless this belt was on. And it paints a picture that we put on our breastplate by putting on the belt. If the belt's on, the breastplate just comes up and comes forward and we'll show you that. But then listen to this. This is incredible stuff. The soldier's sheath, that's where the sword goes, shield and helmet were attached to hooks on the loin belt. That's pretty cool. Let me help you understand what that means. When the soldier wasn't fighting, he had a hook on the back that he would hang his shield on. He had another hook that he would hang his helmet on. And the sheath, of course, is where the sword was. They had a hook for the lance. And what God's trying to do is this. He's painting a picture for you and I that every piece of armor comes forth and is put on by putting on the belt of truth. It just depends what substance of truth you write on your heart. But when you write any substance of truth, for instance, if you write the substance of righteousness, if, if, if you write righteousness, revelation, or scriptures on your heart, you're putting on your breastplate. Now, as we progress, I'll show you how to use each of these because there's just some tricks to using them. But this picture is awesome. And I just finished with this thought. All our armor comes forth from scriptures written on our hearts. And for those of you that don't know, if you go to our website, this will come up by Tuesday. Uh, the whole PowerPoint will be on there with the teaching. So, or if you have our BC app on uh, iPhone or iPad, all these are, are already there right now. So that, that being said, let's talk a little bit about how we put the belt of truth on. And, and it's really writing scriptures here. And I have a couple cool scriptures to start with. Listen to Proverbs 4.20 through 22. My child... Pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. And he's speaking the word of God. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep 
into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. And here's what I want you to see. Your heart, your spiritual heart was made to house the Bible, the scriptures. And the scripture can, can be written deep into your heart. Well, listen to Proverbs 7, 2 and 3. Obey my commands and live. Guard my instructions as you guard your own eyes. Tie them on your fingers as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. And again, Scripture was made to be written here, deep inside of us. And it's not complicated. We'll find that out. But let's look New Testament, Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And all three of these scriptures paint this beautiful picture. God created what's written in his book to be written here. And once it's written here, you have your belt on. And once your belt's on, if you, if you put the right scriptures in, you have your sword, you have your shield, you have your helmet, you have your breastplate. It's incredible. It's just really, really awesome. Now, how do we do this? Simple as pie. Listen to this. Joshua 1.8, an Old Testament scripture. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Now, for those of you that are scholars and, and those of you that study, I, I do know this is an Old Covenant or Old Testament scripture. I know we're in the New Covenant. But as we saw in Colossians 3, we, we still have to get it in here. And this paints the picture of how to get it in here. And the way you get it in is by meditating. That, that's how you get it in. Most simple thing in all the world. And let me make this statement. You ready? Every one of you in this room already meditate. You do it naturally as a human being. What I'm going to teach you and what I'm going to encourage you to do is meditate on the right thing. Because you already know how to meditate. So you're already familiar with this. Now, the, the Hebrew word here is haka, and, and, and here's the definition. It means to mutter. You know what it means to mutter? Uh, last night I went home, Gina, Gina wasn't happy with my teaching, so she slapped me around a little bit, punched me a little bit. <laughs> and she told me, get better tomorrow. So I walked away from saying, I can't stand when she does that. She's always doing that to me. If she does that again, I'm going to smack her. That, that's muttering. <laughs> Everyone here mutters. When I was a kid, I muttered. And for these, those of you that are new, I'm joking. And, and uh, <coughs> I don't think I'd feel it if she hit me. So here, here we go. Listen, listen. When I was a kid, mom and dad told me to do something. When they walked out of the room or I walked out of the room, oh, I hate them. I, blah, 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 blah. That's, that's muttering, just speaking something over and over. And, and you go on and it means uh, to talk, to speak, to imagine, to think about, to ponder, contemplate, or muse, which means to be absorbed in thoughts. We used to call my brother Tony Clear Blue, and uh, there's a reason behind it. He, um, you could ask him a question, and, and he, just act, he doesn't act like he heard you. And three or four minutes could pass, and then he answers your question. And we just laugh and call him Clear Blue Tony. And, uh, but what he does is he's, he gets absorbed in thought. And he's so absorbed in what he's thinking about, um, it, it takes him a while to respond to what 
you're asking him. And you and I can become fixed on something. When my kids were young, they'd be playing the video games, and I'd call them from the other room, and they wouldn't answer. I'd scream louder. They wouldn't answer. Sometimes I went in the room, and I'm behind them, and I'm calling their names, and they didn't answer. But I could tell they didn't hear me. <laughs> they were so absorbed in that game. And I'm sure sometimes they faked it, but they were so absorbed in that game that their focus there didn't allow them to hear anything out here on the outside. And, and all God's doing is painting this incredible picture for you and I. And it's so, so simple. And it just has to do with saying things and thinking about things over and over and over. And I'll give you some practical examples, but let me, let me share this with you. I'm not, I'm not uh, proud of this. When I was in junior high and high school, I hated school, and uh, because I didn't know why I was there, I couldn't figure out what this was good for, and, uh, and I wanted to be outside playing. That's, I'm just being honest with you. So I, I was an A-plus student in math, and I could sit in a math class. I didn't have to take notes. Whatever they said, I remembered. I saw a formula. Yeah, I got that. Didn't have to think about it. Got great grades on all my tests. But every other subject I struggled with. And, uh, and I hated studying because I wanted to play. And, and so um, if we had to memorize like facts for history, oh, I'd look at those facts and think, I'm not going to memorize this. So I decided to cheat. And uh, I had mechanical drawing two years. I had architectural drawing two years, and I had blueprint reading, which those were all simple courses for me. And we had to use these repetograph pens. I don't know if they still make them, but they have such a small tip. You can write with the finest, finest little line, and you could make things really small. And when you do mechanical and architectural drawing, you have, to, you, you have tons of practice printing perfect because you have to print on the prints. And uh, so... I would get one of those, and I'd get a piece of paper about this size, and I'd write every answer. But then it wasn't small enough, and I'd do it again. And then I didn't like it. I couldn't read some of it, and I'd do it again. And I'd do it four or five times, and then I would get rubber cement, and I'd, I'd cement it here on my arm. And you know your long sleeve when you can open it here? During a test, my, my intention was just to go like this and go like that, and I had all my answers. And again, I'm not proud of that. Uh, I am pretty smart. I can figure things out. So li listen to this. Here, here's, here's what's so crazy. I went over it so many times that by the time I got into class, I, I had it memorized. And I never had to use uh, that. So, so what I did is I had, I, made it, I had a patent, and I call it the cheat sheet uh, memorization program. I became a millionaire from it. So that's, you know, people are using it all over the world now. But <laughs> listen, I did literally what's being taught here. I did it by just going over something over and over and over again. And that's really what this is saying. So how does that translate for you? How does that work for you? It's the most simple thing in all the world. What if you took one scripture a week? And I'm going to give you different scriptures in these lessons that put their armor in scriptures. And you woke up in the morning and you had it written down, maybe on a piece of paper. Maybe you printed it out. Maybe it's electronic on your phone or this. But you get up in the morning, and the first thing you do is you just glance at that and you read it. Maybe you say it over and again two or three times. How many, how many of us can agree you don't have to be a rocket scientist to do that, right? It's pretty simple. And, and so um, you just do that. Maybe the first day you have to keep picking it up and, 
and looking at it. You're driving in your car and at a red light, make sure it's a red light. Um, you, you take a glance and, and uh, you look at it, you say it a couple times, and then as you're driving, you think about it. When you're in the shower, you think about it. And think about doing that for one whole day. You're ready to go to bed at night. You get the same scripture. I'm not talking about reading 50,000 scriptures. That one scripture. And before you go to bed, you read it a couple times. And then you lay down, and instead of meditating on all the problems of life and what you're upset about, you muse over that, and you think about that. Maybe say it a couple times, and you go to sleep doing that. When you're doing that, it's like etching that scripture deep within your heart. Now, what if you took that same scripture and you did that for one or two weeks? You'd have it memorized inside and out, and you'd have one piece of a substance of your armor on. I'm going to give you two for righteousness before we close today. That's how simple this is. What I notice with so many Christians is they want to make this thing complicated. And some Christians are looking for that hidden truth. If I find that hidden truth, then my whole life will change and every problem will go away. It's like, another 20 years, you're not going to find it. I'll tell you right now. Take simple scriptures, write them on your heart, and what if you did that for a year and you came out of next year at the end of 2013? What if you had 10 scriptures that you knew inside and out and at any moment you could pull them up? you'd have armor on. And you'd be able to turn those scriptures into swords and shields and helmets and breastplates and the devil would shoot at you and it would go bang, bang, because you'd be bulletproof. It's that easy and that simple. I, I like Proverbs 4. We read it already, but the Message Bible says this. Dear friend, listen well to my words. Tune your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view at all times concentrate, so we're talking about making a decision to focus, and I like the way they wrote this. Learn it by heart. Those who discover these words live, really live, body and soul, they're bursting with health. I, I just did something here and it got on my screen, but it reminded me of a dream I had last night. I had this dream and I was talking to guys and I kept spitting on them, <laughs> and <laughs> They got so mad at me in my dream, and I just did it right now on my screen. So, <laughs> so I thought, that was my dream last night. These guys were all mad at me because every time I spoke, boom, I was getting every one of them. Um, I don't know why I dreamed that. So <laughs> I love the fact that you learn it by heart. Learn it by heart. Now, listen to this scripture. This is also the message, Psalm 1. We didn't read it yet, verses 1 through 3, and it, it goes like this. How well God must like you. You don't hang out at Sin Saloon. You don't slink along Dead End Road. You don't go to Smart Mouth College. And not, not, it's not bad to go to a college, but don't go to Smart Mouth College. And then verse 2, instead, of, instead you thrill, listen to this, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. You're a tree replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf always in blossom. How many of you think that's a pretty cool place to be? So now listen, there are some of you in this room, you are in a place in your life where it's hectic. I remember when Gina and I had four, our four kids young. We had four kids in five and a half years. That means we're stupid. And so um, <laughs> that's really dumb. And, and uh, 
we love our kids, but we could have spread them out a little bit. And, and so I remember how hectic it was for her. She dropped out of all ministry. She couldn't do anything at the church. Um, she just, she barely got here. <laughs> and she got them all in their classes, and she sat down, and she was exhausted. And I remember her going through this phase in her life where she felt she had no value. She just would tell, we'd have talks, and she's, I'm valueless. I can't do anything. And, and I'd say, honey, you're putting life into our kids. That's value right there. They're going to get up and do something for God. You're doing something really great. But for all of you that are in those kind of stages, can you take a scripture and through your day think about it? If you're having to you know, clean the house or run the kids here, run the kids there, wait for them to finish this. Can you all agree this is a simple thing to do? And when you do it, it's going to produce joy and it's going to produce life. And it's just the most cool thing in the world. And when you first read some of these scriptures and meditate on them, we're talking just one scripture now for a week or so. At first, they won't mean anything. Then they're going to explode inside of you. And then God's going to take that scripture and he's going to grow you. He's going to change you. He's going to open up your eyes to some things. And that's the renewing of the mind and everything begins to change at that point. So as I close, I think I made sense. I think you know what to do. Write a cheat sheet. That's what you do. So um, sorry, parents. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It, it reads like this. This is a righteousness. This is righteousness scripture. So this is a scripture that puts on the breastplate. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And if you're listening to this and you've never meditated on it, it's good. But let me tell you, if you took this this week and for the, from now till next week, you read it every day and thought about it, it will come alive like crazy. And then here's one more. This is how we put breastplates on. Romans 3, 22, 23. This righteousness from God comes from faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference. I like that. For all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. And as you meditate on this, God's going to open up your eyes and you're going to see, I can't work for righteousness or right standing with God. I can't do anything that makes me right in God's eyes. I become right in God's eyes by putting faith in Jesus Christ. You begin to see that, you're putting a breastplate on. And when the enemy comes with his dagger, and he does have a dagger, there's a spiritual dagger, he's going to try to stab your spiritual heart, and we'll talk about that in two weeks. When he comes to do that to you, your breastplate's going to repel it, and you're going to be amazed how different a person you are than you may have been in the past. So as I get ready to close, here's what I know. I know there are some of you here, quite a few of you, you have your armor on, so for you guys, I'm simply encouraging you to buff it up, to thicken it. And then there's some of you here, you had it on, but it's so rusty, man. You're like the tin man in the Wizard of Oz. You're like, like this. You haven't done anything for so many years, and you stopped doing what you know to do. I'm encouraging you to get back in the game. Oil it up, and buff it up, and strengthen it up. And then there's some of you that are new, and let me tell you something. I wish I would have heard this lesson when I was new. I had to learn this on my own. It took me a long time. And I wish I knew this when I was a young Christian. I wish I knew it was as simple as taking one scripture and meditating on it and writing it here, and that would change everything. That being said, close our eyes, look up to heaven. Father, I thank you for every awesome person in this room. Some are not yet Christians, but maybe today's their day. The rest of us, we're all Christians. 
And we want to become bulletproof. And I know you're speaking to hearts right now. You spoke uh, to hearts while I taught. And each of us now make a commitment to you. We're, we're at whatever level we're at, it's going to be different for each of us, but we make that commitment right now to make sure we begin to put our belt of truth on or we continue or we take it up to a higher level. Would you do that right now just between you and God? Make that commitment. You're so good. And I, I'm going to allow Christians to just continue to pray and allow God to speak to your hearts, but can we bow our heads, close our eyes at this point? If you walked in here today and you were not sure of your eternity, maybe you walked in and you were not sure if there's a God or not, I want to just give you the answer that everyone on the planet's looking for. The answer is so simple. The most important message in all the world is God sent a Savior to deliver us from our sins and deliver us from hopelessness and to give us purpose. That's why Jesus, the Son of God, came and uh, Jesus died on that tree. We know that from Easter and Christmas and the Bible says God placed the sins of the entire world on him. After he died, he was buried. He spent three days, three nights in the heart of the earth. And then he came out of the grave. And here's the words Jesus spoke. They're so powerful. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God unless they go through me, Jesus. He said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. <laughs> now, we're living in a post-Christianity era here in the United States, and we're being told, you know, what's politically correct is, oh, there's all kinds of ways to God, and you can get there many different ways. But Jesus said, I'm the only way. And, and I'm, I'm praying, and I have prayed, that God's going to open your heart up and let you see he's the way. And whoever calls on his name, he'll save you. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here, you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to pray. I'm ready to call on the name of the Lord. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray? Simply say this out of your mouth. If you believe it, the miracle happens. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I accept Christ as my Savior. Jesus, I believe what the Bible says about you. And I make you Lord of my life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believers Church, visit believers.cc.